It is the time of avaricious men Lost in their lust for power, baby Here they come again They wave the flag Well, hi there, everybody Distract us from the truth we're here for another Tuesday night show, and uh, I decided to kind of free up my song about it is the time of avaricious men lost in their lust. How they come again? Because that's the world we're in, and that's the time we're in now. Even some twenty years ago, whatever it was, maybe more, but. You know, if those of you uh, who are creative types out there, songwriters or what have you, singers, artists, painters, writers, you um, you know that you get ideas for your music, you get ideas for your poetry, for your prose, that uh, kind of peaks ahead of the future. It's not necessarily at all a matter of a deliberate contemplation of the law of cause and effect, but rather the inspiration that artistic and creative people, you know, are uh, familiar with, or we trust that kind of uh, oh inner voice, the inspiration. And tonight we're gonna we'll have a guest. We're gonna discuss a number of things with Derek Lee. Will be here in a little while, and we're gonna delve into things that are as an over overriding theme have many aspects and facets that are very relevant to life today and what's coming in life tomorrow and how we got here and how to survive and surf these coming times to some degree for sure hopefully so we 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 take a little time out of the day to do a creative project. Here's a show or a presence, an opportunity to speak out to the world. But, you know, for my part, I've got tons of films and videos and stuff out there and blog regularly. And I really do like to get the voices of other people who are thinking and reasoning and navigating these times and these waters as well. And a lot of that has to do with how many, many people there are in the world who become immobilized, if you will, who become, uh, you know, transfixed by events like the proverbial deers in the headlights. They may become, again, apathetic, immobilized, overwhelmed with helplessness, or they're ruled by impulsiveness, actions, so that they will do anything to assuage the feelings that these things, apathy, helplessness, etc., and to feel like doing something is better than doing nothing, which in some cases it is. But it's helpful to have some kind of well-reasoned and considered options for action in life, for thinking. So it, indeed, it's it's time to start thinking again. A lot of people I've experienced in my life in the past, people who criticized me for thinking. Not that I wasn't like some deep philosopher, it's just I would think about things and want to talk about them. And they told me that I thought too much. I was thinking too much, just don't think so much. How many of you have run into that? Maybe I could say how many of you? You have not run into that, where people want to kind of box you in a bit and define you and have you conform to their hopes or their expectations or their fears about you so as to keep you in a predictable place for them, for their comfort. Now, it just suddenly, literally occurs to me that isn't that the way that politics works to a large degree? And of course, religion. We're going to get into some of this tonight. But if you think about it, politicians play to the people in a predictable way. You'd think more people would recognize it because a lot of work and a lot of study, if you will, over the years and decades has been paid for, has been dedicated to understanding how to manipulate 
the average person, certainly, how to control them, how to appeal to their desires and their wants and their fears, their hopes and their dreams and all that kind of stuff, and get from them what you want. That is, you want them to vote for you, you want them to buy whatever you're selling, you want them to buy into you. So you're up somewhere on a platform begging or playing or plying for votes, for attention, for popularity, for success. Now, it also literally just popped into my mind because I was going to say this a bit for a week, and I'll say most of it, but a number of you know that I put up a, a site about this, you know, I called it Playarium because the idea of being able to breathe freely in many ways and benefit ourselves and the environment and each other would be, you know, part of that play, so to speak, that that aspiration. And I am going to report next week on the results of what really has been effectively a test marketing to see what happens with this particular product because if it's it's so obviously it is a an improbable to put it mildly for some people an improbable if not impossible thing uh, to you know to affect the function of an engine and how well it burns fuel etc by shining the image you would download from the computer on it and i would absolutely have dismissed that as a possibility if i hadn't experienced it with somebody else witnessing it but I know that that does not a scientific study make, and, and nor does it make something conclusive. So, I put up a site, you know, and some blogs about the product and how you could buy it and what it supposedly does and the results I got for whatever reasons. Now, I didn't figure that being skeptical would help me to get a real positive result. And I didn't also think, and I don't also think, that if people are simply assuming or believing that this will work, on the other hand, that that belief alone will cause an inanimate object, complex one at that, an automobile, a truck, a boat, what have you, to suddenly perform better in a number of important ways. So... Uh, we put this out and basically suspended the usual, you know, when you have a, something you download from the internet, you really can't get a refund on it because you've got it. And we put the policy up, but I said, okay, um, we're going to do this for a certain number of orders. And then we're going to tell people, uh, you know, we have this very short questionnaire here. Did this work for you? Did it not work? You want a refund or do you don't, or don't you know yet? And we give them weeks time to basically fill that out and get back to us so we can see kind of like on Amazon, how you, how you have people that say positive review, negative review, whatever. And then we're going to post that whatever the outcome doesn't matter to me. We'll put it up there, but we will see based on that. If there is a preponderance of positive or negative uh, responses, we'll let people respond to the responses and we'll see if people whatever those responses are, then are interested in this product. And then it, it'll be, you know, sold, provided with a no refunds because we're going to give you the pros and the cons and just see how it plays out. And it's interesting because we have a few pros and cons already. I'm not going to say much more about it tonight because I, I'm going to save it for next week because I don't know what the final outcome will be. But um, a lot of people, you know, have been on my case and, oh, you're being conned and this I'm not telling you that I know anything for sure. And I'm willing to give you the chance. You're going to buy it. Okay, you buy it. But I'm going to give you your money back. If it doesn't work for you. It's that simple. Up to a point, And then let's say if we still have this thing up because there's enough pros. I don't know yet. Then it'll be just the way any other download. Hey, you download, you take your chances. But read the pros and cons and see what you feel. I just think that that's the fairest way to do something. Rather than just say, hey, you got to get this because it's fantastic. My testimonial was honest and accurate and, and perplexing. So we'll see next week. We'll see where we are with this thing because I think it's it's interesting in that way. So 
time to start thinking again. That's something to think about. You know, what do I do if it's what if it's kind of even-handed or predominantly pro, predominantly not? Well, okay. So uh, we're going to have our friend Derek join us here, and I'm going to uh, see if I can bring him in to the. I'm going to ask him to unmute here. Unmute. Yeah, please do. Hi, Michael. Hey, that's Derek. There you are. Just like in real life. All right. Good. How are you? In the so, flesh. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, so this is my friend, Derek Lee. We've met in person and we've interacted in monthly meetings online. And we were both musicians. We have a few things in common. Yeah. So I wanted to bring Derek on as I've brought Melissa on and, you know, and Francisco and we're, you know, have people on that I have some familiarity with. I don't object to bringing on people I don't know, providing, you know, we <laughs> we have some guarantees that they're not going to just go flying off the handle. Um <laughs> You know, hey, he, I know he'll fly off the hands. It's okay with me. <laughs> so I'll try not to do that today. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, hey, welcome to planet Earth. You know, and yeah, you have to get a lot of handles to fly off of these days. So what we're going to do here is just um, have a conversation, and I do invite you, the audience, uh, for the you know this live broadcast to join us to. Come in and certainly ask Derek or comment to him on his points of view, and, and if you want, uh, and have the exchange. And what we'll start with is the kind of a basic thing about tell us a little bit about who you are, what you like to do, and, and all that usual stuff. And I'll just listen until I get a chance, and I'll interrupt you with something else. All right, it's my pleasure to. Um, I live in Tempe, Arizona. And uh, I'll just give you a brief history, if that's cool with you. Um, basically, uh, in the 80s, uh, around 86, 87, I was uh, in metaphysics, and uh, my sister and I would go to these metaphysical meetings, and I would go to the metaphysical bookstore and buy all the latest books, you know, Richard Buck and... and uh, Robert Reed and and all these uh, metaphysical books and um, in the video section they had a video rental uh, section where you could rent certain you know uh, channelers and and so on and so forth and there was a uh, a video entitled Pleiadian Beamship or Beamships of the Pleiades one of the two and uh, I was intrigued uh, I never seen it before I took it home and I watched it. Uh, there was very little English. It was mostly in German, but you, there was some English commentary. But even if there was, I wouldn't have listened to a word of it because I was just so mesmerized and intrigued by the UFOs. Uh, one that, uh, you know, disappeared and came right back into the film, you know, eight millimeter films. And these were all taken in the 70s. So I was just absolutely mesmerized. I must have been there twice. Th my third time to go rent the video. Uh, it was at Jan Ross Books in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I asked Jan, I said, hey, what, what happened to that uh, Billy Meyer video you got, you had there? Uh, I rented it a couple of times. Did someone rent it? And she said, oh, no, we took it off the shelf because uh, he was debunked for making models. And I thought to myself, gosh, damn, they're going to debunk this guy? Uh and not even like give you a long description or or have any kind of you know proof they just took it off the shelf and and i never saw anything again in any but metaphysical bookstore or movie store rental store i i never saw it again um until 2009 uh i was having a really hard time with my life i didn't know who you know i i knew who i was to a certain extent but i i still had mainstream you know, beliefs. Uh, uh, I didn't really know what was up or down. And uh, I really was kind of having a, you know, uh, a semi-nervous breakdown at, at some point. And I went on the internet looking for UFOs because for some reason I always had that video in the back of my mind that, that there was some kind of truth there. 
And then uh, lo and behold, I found Billy Meyer again. And I I was surprised to see there was a lot of information, uh, a lot of information and more information than I ever thought was available back in the 80s. Um, so that's pretty much a, a brief history of how I came into the to the information from the the Billy Meyer material, and the rest is history. Um, it, well, it pretty much changed my life overnight. Oh yeah. Well, let's speak about that's the the introduction. That's how you came to this. What 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 happened after that? Were you find more? more videos, books, people, or was there a lapse in time? What was the process after that? No. After I found this this material, I, I was reading for like four months straight every single minute of the day at the time. Uh, I was living in a, in a condo, recording an album with a producer, and I didn't have to work uh, for a long time. So, so I took the opportunity and read and read and read just mountains of material and uh, I realized that by reading this material, I realized that uh, I was not the person that I wanted to be. I realized that I was lied to uh, for a very long time. I realized that I had beliefs that were completely false, unsubstantiated. And I realized, and I, as I looked around, that the world lives this way. And I felt like I was just waking up out of a dream uh, because to, and, and I realized that, you know, I still had some delusional thinking that I, I know now that came from the, the, the belief in, uh, you know, the religious residue, even if you're a you know metaphysically minded person, um, most people accept the whole God concept and so on. And so I was really coming to a lot of confrontation within myself in that regard. And uh, it was really, really difficult, but at the same time, extremely liberating because I was finding a freedom that was within me that was not possible to, to gain through a belief system of any kind. Uh, that that's available in our society. What were you reading at the time that triggered that? What was it that you were reading? I, I believe I was reading Contact 10, oh. uh, the, oh. the introduction to the spiritual teaching. I had a lot of feelings, uh, sensitive feelings, fine sensitive feelings, if you will. And I really had some major, major realizations about life, about who we are and what our purpose is. And I realized that uh, uh, that the powers that be that are around us don't want us to know these things, don't want us to share these things, don't want us to, to, to utilize these things to make our lives what we want. Uh, I realized that we were manipulated in directions, as you we were saying earlier, um, uh, to put us in a predictable place, in a comfort zone, where, whereas they have control over what we are, what we strive for, and so on, who we are. Uh, well, uh, so people will understand who might not know anything about this. <clears throat> Pardon me. A contact 10 re refers to the 10th conversation if in what is the official context from 1975, January 28, 1975 on, between Billy Meyer and the alleged extraterrestrial woman, Semiaze. And this was, as you also said, introduction to the spiritual teaching, now known as the creation energy teaching. And in there, she waxes quite poetically about the, the spirit that never sleeps and all these, it's just a beautiful, beautiful tract of information and, and they speak with each other, but she just lays out this whole thing. And the, the fact that you are someone who, from that, began to liberate yourself, as you say, from the imprisonment of, you know, forced beliefs and 
societal conditioning as reflected in beliefs and religions and cults and what have you. Um, that I'm glad to say that there are other people that have done this, you know, that we know have one way or another, whether it's with that contact or something else, find the Meyer material, they come into it, and then they start to have this awakening, the realizations and epiphanies. And then it's, you know, it's time to start thinking again, not just, you know, running yourself in a circle, but thinking and to take, you know, you're alluding to this, taking back control over your life and you're you're striving what you strive for as billy has said the human being is the smith the one who forges their own destiny that's not what religions or politics encourages human beings to do and that has been a form of enslavement for thousands of years so um while we speak about that what do you think the dangers then are uh, of succumbing to belief How, what's your own experience if i know you said a little here but anything else about well for me personally um and knowing that the teaching of creation energy as you're saying is a belief free teaching it was completely different approach than i've ever seen anywhere in the world and as a kid i used to wait i think I'd say, you know, I don't understand this. I'll wait for the truth to come out someday. Well, the dangers, the dangers. Personally, I was affected by delusional thinking. And when I mean delusional thinking, I mean, as lighthearted as I could say it, I, I, I still, you know, I had to work out these things in my head that, that I, these false beliefs about myself, um, this is the most difficult part uh, for me and for other people. Um, this is the part that I wanted to understand. Uh, I wanted to understand what understanding is versus belief, what knowledge is versus belief. Um, I, I, I just, you know, was looking around and being aware of the world and, and how everything is functioning and, you know, you see the way the world is going. You see the monumental, you know, uh, just negative things going on around the world. And you see, you if you look to the root of it, you see that it's it's coming from beliefs. It's coming from people's opinions. It's coming from partisan thinking uh, that that is judgmental from the premise of of personal beliefs and uh, thoughts and feelings rather than facts that correspond with reality and what actually occurs. And so the dangers to me that I realized these things I weren't even, I wasn't even aware of. These dangers existed in me, in my brain, in my thinking. Um, I had a lot of epiphanies and uh, wake-up calls, if you will, and um, the biggest wake-up call I had to come to realize was that uh, truth is given in reality. Uh, like I have like posted on my walls some of these things. Uh, uh, truth is evidential. It occurs. Uh, whereas belief, there's nothing that can substantiate it. It rarely can correspond to reality. And I realized that my whole world was collapsing. My world of belief was collapsing. And I realized that it was superfluous. It was absolutely unneeded. Um, mm. It was actually destructive. And and that's what I'd like to, you know, further, you know, get into because there's things going on in the brain neurologically that are devastating to the human being's brain and, and being physiologically, even to the heart. Um, I'd like to confront these things and just express a little bit that, you know, these religions promote this, but scientifically and neurologically it's harmful. So what are we supposed to do? Well, let me ask you on that. 
at the time that you're, um, let's say, encountering this new information and you're beginning your own transformation, did you have, the, let's say, in the people around you, your associates, friends, what have you, would you say were they people who were independent thinkers, believers, a mixture of different things? What, what what was that like then, in terms of? Well, it was hard for me to find an independent thinker anywhere. Uh, I realized that while most of my friends were, and my associate people that I associated with were mostly like everyone else, you know, right wing or left wing. They most of them. Were were uh, had a basis of belief uh, in you know whatever religion they you know believed attested to or whatnot. Um, and I you know when I started reading some material that was really deep, like some excerpts from one of Billy's books called um, "God Delusion and Delusion Insanity." That particular excerpt was just absolutely mind-wrenching it just opened me real that you know uh you can find the truth uh anyone can if they think and start not depending on anything but their observations they're they're thinking rather than fantasizing you know with with our beliefs and so on and and uh you know it's it's really hard to touch on sometimes to explain uh when you you know this whole concept uh, but basically in the the teaching or in the this material it was explaining a lot about the conditioning of of belief and faith and how it actually took the upper hand of the thinking of the human beings uh, consciousness, whereas the temporal lobe is is deemed inoperable in the brain, which is the part where we decide in our brain and our memory and our learning, um, inoperable. <laughs> you mean it's not being used at all? No. What is it, Mush? I mean, yeah. Uh, do we depend? Did I depend on outside? I, I really never kind of did, but I had, you know, the metaphysical beliefs and so on. I had, uh, I had to work those out. They they did not correspond with with uh, reality, uh, with logic, you know. And and you think of the old. Uh, saying the the anti-logo logo the old uh, was it not greek uh logo means uh, logic anti-logic just I, I i started realizing that all of the religions are promoted the governments and the religions are parallel with this whole thing what is it that they want from us uh well, they want your brain. <laughs> they want you to believe so that they can sustain their way of life while the earth is sadly being overpopulated to the point of, you know, the complete destruction of our planet. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Well, with, 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 I can go on and on about this, but. <laughs> no, it's fine. You I think to be on point, Michael. <laughs> there. Um, when you talked about, you know, the religion, the politics and religion want your brain, they want control. Obviously, there are people that only are feeling like they're alive and have meaning in their lives if they exert control over others, if they can amass excessive amounts of, of things mainly uh, that represent money in some form or other they can never utilize themselves fully in their own lifetime. So we have all of these strange things. And the, there are beliefs, obviously, inherent in all these different uh, areas of our lives. And in terms of the way belief about scarcity, not enough, the fear connected 
underneath all of this is a fear of lack of survival in some sense. So with religion, people are going to get, they're looking for an assurance that they will be protected and survive from some sky daddy or what have you who's going to not dip them in lead after they're dead and, and give them a hard time. So here we are embarking on the age of what? Truth and knowledge. So how's that playing out in your life? Now, is it is it pretty much the same, or, or just an advanced version? Are there any expe- surprises, unexpected things? Well, you know, I've unexpected things. That's a, that's a good one. Um, you know, I've learned so much from the, the information that uh, I'm constantly learning so much. Uh, lately, I've been really thinking and working out this whole opinion-based things, uh, opinions that are based on knowledge, or opinions based on a personal belief, your thoughts or feelings. They're very, very vastly different. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's amazing to see how unaware and unconscious people are with their opinions and how quickly they they draw conclusions, uh, conclusive beliefs, I should say, not really conclusive answers because... Um, well, that's one of the things I've been learning a lot to work out uh, my opinions based on facts and based on reality, uh, things that are can actually occur. <laughs> uh, but surprises, there, there's always another surprise around the corner. I mean, the fact that the might of our thoughts, uh, the book, The Might of the Thoughts, was one of the greatest uh, teachers I've, you know, teachings I've ever come across as far as the the science of our thinking and our consciousness. Uh, I used to play with those things in the eighties. Like let's, let's manifest things out of our thinking and see how quickly they, they come to be and so on. And we used to play with that in the metaphysical days, but it's really not a game. Uh, I'm still doing it every single day. And, uh, and people are unaware of the fact that they too are using the might of their thoughts Every second of the day, whether it's negative experiences or or, or positive ones. Exactly. Um, This is, when people realize they're doing this unconsciously, we've got a caller here who I think wants to chat with you here. Uh, Can we bring Andrea on the line? I think she's in the, the chat. Let's find out. Yes. Yes to our guest speaker. Are you there? Oh. Let's hear you again. We're just getting to hear your Hello. Hi, Derek and Michael. How are you? Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, Derek. How are you? Yes. Oh, okay. Great. There's just a little bit of a delay, maybe. First off, I'm very much enjoying this conversation between you and Derek. Hi, Derek. Hi, Andrea. And I was hoping you might be able to tell the audience um, who are listening tonight and also those who are watching tonight a little bit more about the image on your T-shirt and what that represents. Oh, yeah. This is the the overpopulation spiritual symbol um, coming from a series of symbols that Billy Meyer... um, has put together in a book, and uh, supposedly there's uh, uh, 600 of them printed in print already. But this one uh, specifically uh, is about uh, stopping overpopulation. Um, Overpopulation, according to the material, um, and according to my opinion based on facts, uh, is the basis, the base problem of our earth it's the biggest problem that we're facing it's the most i i would have to say downplayed concept the most feared for media because they they never want to post anything about it and speaking of unconscious things uh people aren't even consciously aware 
of the fact that overpopulation is the root problem that is stems from that is the stem from for all the problems of the earth. Uh, we can't sustain the people. We have to stop the birthing clock for a certain amount of time, according to the information. Birth stop is probably the only way that we can solve this problem with overpopulation. Um, it's an elephant in the room for the most part. I find it difficult to even you know talk about it because uh, it is probably one of the most boring subjects for anyone to want to listen to, but it is the root problem of 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 all of the problems that we're facing in, in every country of the world. Um, um, the fact that we have people that are having, you know, on welfare, having six and 10 children and, and viewing it as, you know, as a, they're almost proud of it, um, is really, really disheartening to me. It really is sad. It's, it makes me sad for our planet because our planet is a being. It is an alive life form, a satellite that we live on. And we are absolutely devastating it with overpopulation. You and know, apparently... Derek, I, I'll throw in a thought because a lot, a lot of times when people who are aware of overpopulation as a real problem... It's harder to communicate it to people because, no pun intended, it's not sexy. Uh, sexy getting things overpopulated, but what yeah. happens? People fail to understand that there is finite space, finite ability of the planetary organism to produce sufficient, clean, healthful nutri- nutrition to process wastes of various forms, and. That, it, you know, I've used myself, I've used the analogy of a pretend this is an aquarium or a terrarium, finite space. Your environment, if you keep putting living organisms into it, they will wither, fade, die, pollute. And at the heart of this problem, the manifestations that people don't recognize they are the strife and the wars and the conflicts and the climbing over each other forever dwindling resources and so it it just takes on a life-killing life of its own and dominates everything you can take as you said and i'm sure andrea knows this take any earthly problems and start going to the root of cause effect cause effect and you find well this thing that imbalances our life on this world affects everybody sooner or later so people don't think that they're bringing well they don't think when and while they're bringing in new life forms into the world what they're going to subject them to and it's pretty daunting and pretty scary um, it certainly is. So and the, that's one of the things, you know, when I was first finding the teaching, when I when I saw what they were saying about a seven-year birth stop, I thought that was brilliant. I thought it was genius. Mm-hmm. And I still think it is. And I, I just, I have so much hope that one country starting with somewhere and someone will actually implement that answer to that problem. Well, a very important point, because a lot of times when people hear overpopulation and birth stoppages and things, they translate that into the propaganda that the people who are for the control of births and, and overpopulation want to kill people off, which is, no, it's actually by not finding the human humane way, we are killing ourselves off slowly sometimes rapidly so the birth stoppage allows the attrition those who are older as they get older and they pass away then 
the population starts getting a little space to breathe and grow. Lifespans can increase, as they will, but just to increase lifespans when you have too many people is further recipe for disaster. So it's a very tricky thing. It's so obvious. And frankly, the first time, times even, I came in contact uh, with it in the Meyer material, I wasn't that interested. I really wasn't. I thought, I want to know more about this and the history and this and that and all the travel to the stars. But it's so foundational, literally foundational to our existence. And I would say that from what we know from the prophecies and what we can see manifesting now on a daily basis with the irrational violence, uh, people aren't listening. They probably, for the most part, won't listen for a long time until the pain is great enough. It will then be the survivors, however many or few, will reconsider senseless overbreeding. They'll want to repopulate the world and certainly take another hard look at religions, cults, sects, politics, all of these polarizing, delusional violence and bloodletting forms of primitive, outdated, non-serviceable human behavior. So that being said, people... I couldn't have said it anywhere near that well. (laughs) Well, I'll try again. (laughs) One of the things about you, (laughs) you just really hit the nail on the head a lot. Well, you're feeding me all these pieces to the, you know, to knock in with... Oh, yeah, blame it on me. (laughs) No, but really, um, it is is an important subject to me also. and, And I... I really do owe a responsibility uh, to, you know, to the world and myself to uh, honor that uh, the fact that I'm not going to, you know, create any more life and I'm going to advocate for others to not also in, in the most, you know, positively neutral way I can. Yeah. And speaking of positive neutral, that's a good conversation piece right there. Well, you know, neutral positive and positive neutral. Um, let's talk just a little bit more about how that is, because you mentioned beliefs and opinions that are based not on facts. And even fact-based opinions are subject to change as new facts are present. The difference being, I think, that when we, like last week, we we posted uh, one of the things from Billy about um Seeing things impersonally, so important. Whatever yes. occurrences, events, things that you know are happening, do not personalize them, but see them for what they are. Now, the you know, certainly one of the foundational principles in the teaching we certainly have number one probably is taking 100% self responsibility for everything in our own lives. But Meyer emphasizes that we must learn. To see things as they are. We have been conditioned through all forms in society, you know, education, if you want to call it, to form quick opinions, to to get, have convictions and hold tightly and fight for and die for things because it's been engineered that way to serve other people or a group that we may be part of, whether we know it or not. Uh, that can be political, religious, familial. So when we learn to see things as they are, that's the neutrality right there. It's not the only neutrality, but that's neutrality. What is not, do I like it? Do I not like it? Is it pretty subjective? You know, things that are not dealing with a level of objective reality. Meyer speaks about affective love and effective love we can have great affection or antipathy towards people but what where is the effective love we don't have to like people in order to truly love them okay coming back so right we see things as they are then we can choose through you talked about the might of the thoughts and the responsibility that should be a conscious one that goes along with that, because we're doing it 24-7, mainly unconsciously all the time, 
So if we see something the way it is, we then can choose whether or not we, let's say, um, move, take, you know, hold thought and take action to perpetuate this, to change it, to stop it, to do nothing about it whatsoever. We have those choices in our thoughts so that that gives us internal freedom, too. We eliminate violence. That's one of the ways I, I look at the neutral positive thing. Why don't you, you know, weigh in on this? What is it to you? This is great. This is great. I'm, I'm loving this because you mentioned effective love. There's there's also effective truth, effective knowledge, uh, effective truth uh, based on knowledge. Um, the neutrality, you explained it really well because, um, you know, as we're going through our daily you know, routines every day. Uh, let's say, you know, someone does something to really normally that would really, really piss me off or something. Well, there's, there's three ways you can handle it. You can handle it by thinking positively about it, thinking negatively about it or being neutral. So what I mean when I say neutral, well, without a reaction where we're going to go into my brain. I'm going to use my thinking to not react, to see the situation as it is unfolding and to not formulate an opinion until I can understand the facts and not even then, but it's a stance of a neutrality of not making that positive choice or negative choice, it's kind of in between. Um, the way you explained it was really well. Um, it's one of the most complex, seemingly complex concepts that I've learned in the material because, you know, there's many conceptions of positive and negative, uh, positive teachings and negative things. Like, you know, with these, with like Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, all the positive thinking books that are out there. Well, they're flawed because they're still polarizing the thinking and the basis of the thinking that is they're using their belief, their opinions based on beliefs. And to stop doing that is to become aware of your thinking and to neutralize it. And there's, there's ways to do this also. There's, there's ways, you know, I could think about the current wind on my face and look at the sun and I'll say to myself, you know, it's, I, it's sunny and I feel this soft wind on my face um, instead of reacting in a polarizing way um, to uh, to be angry or to, you know, and then, you, then you're going to go into emotions and feelings. Um, I mean, the human being, the dimensions, as Samyasi says, uh, are, are endless. Uh, there's so many dimensions to, to these things that we're learning. Uh, which makes it seem like it's really, you know, there are great difficulties, but uh, it's baby steps. These things, you know, with the with the teaching and with the the information and the books and the material, uh, one really has to give themselves the time to understand these things and test them, and mm -hmm. and use them on a daily basis. Well, you know, you know yes, and. As as you were saying this, pops into my mind. This we call this show the UFO report, of course. <laughs> UFO, the preponderance of attention, and of course the Meyer case has the best evidence. But the preponderance is the eye candy, the that which glitters, and the phenomenon now is the the big word. But nobody in all of ufology. Or in anything that comes, you know, coming from any angle or, or study, comes upon the Meyer material. 
seems to ever ask the important question, if this is true, what's the reason for it? And so I come right back to our conversation. I've decided, you know, I'm, I know a lot to investigate things pertaining to UFOs and proving things and arguing with people and fighting, blah, blah, blah. The time now, it's much more important that we recognize the reason is for us to help us assure our own future survival. And the mechanism, the methodology is to come to the core of the material. They came here not to provide careers for UFO speakers or for us to chase lights in the sky, but to ask, well, what, what's the reason for this? And so there is the gem. Samyazi starts off contact 10. We, we started discussing a little while ago, you know, the introduction to spiritual teaching, creation, energy teaching. And what does it mean? It means we come to look at the most important existential questions in all of human life. Billy's book that has the rather, uh, well, I've got so many books here, the complex title about the er, er, er of creation. All the, the thing that, bar, pardon me, boggled my mind since I was a kid, How? where did existence come from? What came before the beginning? How far does space go? What's outside of it? How can there be nothing? And Meyer actually has a book that comes as close as can be done. Even he knows the limitations of explaining how existence popped into being. Before I had met Billy in this material, I had, uh, you know, my own once upon no time at all, suddenly without warning, love became itself with a pucker and a pop. And it was like this whole thing. I looked around and saw the empty of emptiness and decided to fill the whole non-place up with stuff. But first, it had to let there be light. And so, you know, and it was my version of the creation story, which is a primitive version. But it's, it's, it's <laughs> what else is going on? How how can this be? So here we sit speaking about this foundational material, little pieces at a time, which are not spoken of effectively anywhere else wherever it's spoken of it's based on beliefs and dogmas and goofy stuff from you know various religious things that can't answer it and it's punitive and sectarian and, and hierarchical this is an open teaching with beliefs free non-religious for people to get in and grapple and be exposed to struggling with these questions because these are the evolutive and evolutionary questions for the consciousness. Billy said the meaning of life is the evolution of consciousness. So we've got a couple yeah. minutes left at least. So let's see if I, I'm going to jump for a minute just so we can do a little something here. We have, um, let's see, you can tell me if you can see this. I don't know if you can see this yet. It's your, the, the Figu indexer presentation that you um, you sent to me. And I don't know if it's visible to you or to the public, but hopefully people can see it. And it's a whole bunch of really good information and quotes from Billy from when he was a, a young boy, 14 years old and all and up. And, and how belief, you got into some of this, how this affects the brain, the temporal lobes, and how also uh, it causes mental, psychological, physiological imbalances, diseases. My goodness, so many things. And you never, never are going to get this kind of material. Most of it freely available. I mean, you guys are putting it out there and, and, and the people in Switzerland are putting it out there. You're never going to get this quality of material that you can start to dig into full free. And then you don't, you're not told that you have to accept it or believe it. You're invited to think, to, you're invited to get the, you know, uh, start your thinking again so we can become truly self responsible for our own lives. This, I think you know, Derek, and you know, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but. There is something that becomes available to people as a byproduct of immersing, partaking of this study that starts filling even places that we didn't know were empty or 
the lights were dimmed or what have you. And it awakens things and it draws forward because our awareness of the external as well as the internal is enhanced and it's endless compounding. It's like compound interest on all encompassing for sure. All all encompassing. So uh, do you have any uh, like final thoughts or words here for a little bit? Sure. You know, I I just want to say a couple more things regarding what you're saying about the teaching, because the base of the knowledge, you know, the the extraterrestrials that came here, uh, they and Billy have tried really hard to get us to understand the teaching, uh, the belief free teaching. And that's one thing that no one's ever gotten. If you look at this painting I did, uh, Billy it's there's three symbols here one of them is the truth symbol this one here is the creation energy symbol and this one here is the symbol for life that's upright like a peace sign upright and it's a three-part teaching and the goblet of the truth here has the complete teaching from all of the prophets mm-hmm. in the direct succession from from Henoch to billy meyer and this book, by the way, is free, a free PDF that's got an all-encompassing teaching. Yep. That's just phenomenal. So I just want to throw that out there so that <laughs> people can see the the extent of the teaching is not just one teaching, but it's a three-part teaching that covers the truth according to reality. That covers the creation energy, which is science, and also the life, which is the part of the spiritual teaching that we as human beings are in need of learning to be together. And all these things, these are the things that are going to bring us to the to the the heights in our our lives that will actually let us evolve our consciousness and find the freedom that we deserve as beings from the creation energy. Absolutely, it's it's a it's a treasure waiting to be discovered endlessly in each lifetime. The same books, these books will be read and reread by others in the future, by future personalities of all of us. We will have to discover the teaching again in each life. We'll learn things, but from a, you know, slightly more evolved consciousness each time. And there's Meyer teaches about the reality, the facts in the book on rebirth, everything, the facts about, you know, living, dying, death, rebirth, and demystifies and takes the, the 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 shrouded in fear and and desperate you know and punishment and the whole thing because it's a reality of a life. Life is not set up to punish. And when we discover how the laws of creation work and we, what they are, well, how do we? Then we are partaking. The universe doesn't come down and kiss you on the forehead and bestow anything. It simply is there to partake of. So like a frequency on a radio or a TV or anything else or in an organ, we tune to these frequencies. We start to partake and participate and contribute and study and work. And then we find that there's an abundance at every level of it. So I want to thank you for joining tonight and uh, Andrea for calling in. Thank you. And thank you, Andrea, for your question. Yeah. Get it, get, get things, pro, do a little probing here, and we start to find other things and aspects of that teaching and how we as individuals are also understanding it. So until next time, next week, hopefully so, uh, everybody will join us. And I thank Derek Lee for his wonderful participation and contributions, and Andrea, and yes, Salome, you know, be- Salome. Be safe and serene, Salome, and enjoy yourselves, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you. It is the time of avaricious men. 
lost in their lust for power, baby. Here they come again. They wave the flag and smile to distract us from the truth. But we pay like hell for the lies they tell. The thieves are on the loose. Don't go along with that land of the free. That's the way we give away our liberty. They can't explain how things have gotten bad. Drugs and crime are on the climb, so they hide behind the flag. They'll trash the Constitution and the Bill of Rights.